Listen, we talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. Welcome to the Best Practice Podcast, the podcast that aims to take you along with us as we dive further into the connected planning space. I'm your host and master Anna planner, Zach Fennessy, and I thank you for joining us as we explore high-level modeling concepts and connect you, the listener, with the experts that are at the forefront of the connected planning world's newest innovations. Regardless of your experience, we believe there's always opportunities to improve, learn, and spread that knowledge to others. And as the old adage says, practice makes perfect. Well, there's no practice like the best practice. Welcome back to the Best Practice Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Fennessy. As always, I'm joined by my co-host and data integration expert, John Furneaux. We're very excited to introduce you all to our guest today, Stephen Barry. Now, if you're struggling to progress learning Anaplan or interested in the behind the scenes look into what it takes to run an Anaplan practice, then this is the episode for you. Stephen is the director of delivery at Cervelo, an Anaplan partner, but more importantly, his contribution to the Anaplan community as a certified trainer has been immense as he has accounted for the most students taught and certifications earned of any trainer in the Anaplan ecosystem. So without further ado, we'd love to welcome to the show, Stephen. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks, Zach. That was a uh, killer introduction. I (laughs) hope I can live up to the hype there, man. That was great. Um, But yeah, (laughs) excited to join you and John today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, I think that I would argue that we're underselling in the introduction, (laughs) and hopefully we can dive into some of the, you know, some of those key pieces that make you who you are and, and uh, your kind of contribution and, and status in the, in the area. So uh, let's just dive right into it. Um, if you could give us a little bit, 60 second brief introduction into your Anaplan journey and, and what's gotten you to where you are now. Yeah, absolutely. So started off as an Anaplan customer working at an Eastman chemical company. Uh, they're a specialty chemical company um, that really has a hand in virtually every product you can possibly think of. I usually say, look around the room you're in and I can all but guarantee there's at least one Eastman product in your room that you didn't know about. Um, So started off there and uh, was kind of voluntold to learn Anaplan when we uh, decided to partner with them. Um, I was an SAP guy for a few years and had never really done anything like Anaplan before. So um, got thrown into the fire and um, worked with an implementation partner to get them going there and then took over as um, the administrator for that system for a few years. From there, I transitioned into the consulting world, so came in as a model builder and then over time have done everything from model building, uh, architecture, project management, and now uh, in the director of delivery role at Cervelo where I'm responsible for uh, some of our sales work as well as uh, working internally with our model building team and really investing in the people we have and helping them reach some of their personal goals and therefore helping the company with their goals. It's an interesting journey, you know, starting at the customer and kind of being voluntold to learn Anaplan. I think that's a very common experience for a lot of individuals, you know, coming from that, I guess, less connected, less um, or more silo world into Anaplan. And I know we've talked um, before about some of the issues that you ran into, some of the learning woes. Can you kind of take us through that that issue or that learning difficulty in those five years learning Anaplan? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So for me, 
this is how I start off any story with someone that tells me they're struggling with Anaplan or they feel like they just can't get it. I was notoriously the worst Anaplaner of all time <laughs> for my first few years in the tool. Um, as I said, I'd never really done anything like it before. I'd, I was an Obot programmer for a while and then I was an APO system admin. And so the interfaces I worked with were very different than anything Anaplan had to offer. At the time I got in, connected planning was still um, ahead of the game. It was something that was a pipe dream for a lot of companies and one that a lot of people were actively investing in. So being told to kind of master this tool that did something that people hadn't even embraced yet. It was like this, this black box of technology and I understood none of it. I remember being told about modules and lists early on. And despite having it explained to me multiple times, I couldn't tell you the difference <laughs> for a very long time. And that's one of the most fundamental concepts. Um, but for me, it was really just a journey of, at first, just trial and error. Going through and just faking it until I made it, in a sense. Uh, really trying to build things, coming across errors googling the errors trying to understand why what i put in the system was wrong um doing tons of rollbacks in the system <laughs> just all sorts of different things um just banging my head against my computer until i finally got something to work and obviously that is not the most optimal efficient way for anybody to learn any software but at the time it was really the best thing i knew with it being a new tool and not really having an expert to work with so for me, it wasn't until I actually got interested in the teaching aspects of things once the train the trainer classes became available through Anaplan. And um, I wanted to be a part of that because I'm someone that's always enjoyed teaching. I've loved the relationships that I had built with um, some of my professors throughout college, some of my great teachers in grade school. And so I just thought it would be an interesting way to um, not only do something I enjoy, but also to be able to uh, learn the tool better. Uh, seeing through the eyes of someone who is teaching the tool to others. And through doing that, that really is when things started to click for me. It wasn't just, I've memorized how to do this formula, and so I know in this case I should probably use it. It was, okay, this formula is the best practice. I can tell you why it's going to be this way, and I can give you the context that I didn't have when I was learning the system to hopefully make your learning journey easier. And once I realized that I could articulate that, that's when I really started to, I guess, become confident in my Anaplant skills and realize that I know more than I've ever given myself credit for in this. And even though it took me a really long time to get there, I can now teach this to other people. And every time I teach this, I'm just reinforcing those concepts for myself as well. And then from there, it's just... Um, it's just been continually finding ways to teach and mentor and be involved in um, the careers of model builders, architects, really anybody I get to work with on a project team and seeing, okay, what are the things that I can do to best help you? And that's how I've been able to not only help other people in their journey, but keep myself learning and growing as well as I'm helping these folks with the challenges that they face on a regular basis. I think you, you hit on the meat of the whole episode to segue into the the content that we're going to be discussing today on you know some of your learning capabilities or, or teaching capabilities that young Anna planners are, are so hungry for uh, but before we get into all of that I'm actually curious 
what your aha moment was. I know teaching Anaplan helped you understand it a little bit more, but everybody seems to have this, oh, this is the light bulb. Uh, I understand it now. And it's usually some, or usually surrounded um, around the sum and look up features, the dimensionality aspects of Anaplan. Do you, do you, can you pinpoint that aha moment? Yeah, so my aha moment actually came whenever I was making the transition into consulting. Um, so I had learned a lot more of the platform at that point to where I was able to be an effective system administrator, able to help add enhancements to the systems at Eastman. Um, but I would say really the moment where I went from just being able to do the tasks and help people with their needs to really saying, I understand the ins and outs of the system and I can not only just take requests from people, I can now provide like guidance, um, would be, yeah, transitioning into the consulting world. Um, so as you know, at many companies, um, whenever you get involved, first off, you have to get your certifications out of the way. And then a lot of times companies will have you do a case study to get a feel for what it's like to work on a project for that particular company. And so in this case, I came in and had my certifications done. So the first thing I did was a case study. And having never been in the consulting world before, um, the way that consultants approach a project versus, say, how a customer approaches projects are almost a 180 of each other. You want the same desired end goal, but the thought process and how you actually go to getting the information you need to be successful is very different. So I remember... Um, I was given two weeks to do this case study, and I think the first three or four days I spent just analyzing an Excel sheet, and I was overwhelmed. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't understand how I'm supposed to take this Excel sheet and then put it into Anaplan. And what it was for me that gave me that aha moment was actually it being able to admit that to someone in my company. Um, so someone that was a bit more senior of a developer I went to and said, I've got to be honest, I have no clue what I'm doing. I don't know how to get started on this. It's not that I don't understand the platform fundamentals, but like, how do I go about understanding these requirements? How do I take the data from point A and not only get it in point B, but get it there in a way that makes sense and is usable? And I, it's funny saying that now because it almost feels like it was a premonition for getting into teaching and um, just being part of other people's model building journey. Because um, I feel like my aha moment is one that I've seen a lot of people have. And it's um, it's just admitting that this is a challenging system when you're first learning it. And context is incredibly important with what we do. It's not enough just to know how to build. You need to know why to build. And so, yeah, that was my moment was just getting the context of why I'm doing something a certain way. And then just getting to go through repetition of doing that across projects and really understand there's a way that works and there's a reason it works. I think that's a, that's a key piece of information. It's, it's specifically the why piece of putting things together. I, I never really thought about that myself, uh, uh, but you breaking it down that way, I think it's also uh, helping me remember that that might've been somewhat of an aha, an aha moment for myself as well. Um, I think that when you're going through the training, there's a bit of handholding from the why part of why are, why are you doing this? Well, Unicorn Candy Company needs this, right? And and everything's a little bit more set up and, and easy to carry out from that perspective. But 
it can be a bit daunting when you get on on your first uh, project, especially with uh, the data not being as clean as as it is in you know in the CSV uh, that you're uploading or importing into Anaplan during training. Uh, it could be coming from any type of source system. Um, so I can definitely uh, I definitely echo that sentiment that you had. Um, I, I'm not sure, but do you have uh, do you happen to have statistics on the number of people? That you've trained or the certifications that you've helped people garner or even if you don't maybe a rough estimate I, I i'm just curious for my own yeah that's a good question at this point i don't have the exact numbers in front of me but just throwing an estimate out there um i know i've taught classes of a few hundred people across the years um and so there were some cases where it was one-on-one -on -one working with somebody and just providing answers when they needed it and then there were instances where I would do multi-week classes where it's a group starting at level one. And then by the end of it, we've went through the three core classes and gotten their certified model builder status. Um, another thing that I help do um, is uh, preparation for solution architecture and master Anaplanner. Um, and so it's not a formal class that Anaplan um, certifies you to become an instructor on, but it's more so having the experience of doing it and knowing I guess what it takes to get to that level from being a certified model builder to then a solution architect and then a master anaplaner. So just helping people get familiar with what is necessary to level up, not from say like a test answer standpoint or anything like that, but really more so a conceptual way of looking at the system and understanding it and having ownership and accountability with the system as well. I think that, you know, your story is very similar to a lot, but I think that also it's it's one of the longer, I, w I would say that you have a longer history with the platform than most people do in general, given the fact that it is such a, you know, young platform, uh, if I can say that. Is it? Um, and you've cut your teeth, you know, over those years learning those things and have been able to kind of pass that those learnings on to people coming you know behind you you've from what i understand you've developed a system to help people kind of get over those hump, humps a little bit easier than when you you know hit those hurdles yourself what is that system like and, and obviously you're a certified anaplan trainer but how does it differentiate from from that stuff and what kind of tools and tricks do you impart on in your own ways in your own system onto people that you teach yeah, that's a great question. Um, as you hit on, I've been in the ecosystem longer than uh, most people at this point. Um, I often joke within the practice that I'm our Anaplan baby boomer because uh, <laughs> I was there, you know, shortly after the company really uh, started to ramp up and reach out to some of these global enterprise companies. Um, so I've seen really everything Anaplan's had to offer from a uh, enablement perspective. Um, Going back to whenever they had, um, you know, there was like an Anaplan uh, Foundations or Launchpad course, and then it was intermediate model building. And I don't know if you all have ever had exposure to those, but they were rough. Admittedly, Anaplan themselves would tell you they were rough courses. Yeah. Um, shout out to L.A. Foster, Chris Mullen, some of the other folks over time that really uh, dug down and just revamped the entire Anaplan training process. I think that was a, a huge part of helping people like myself become empowered enough to help train this tool by just giving us some of those baseline features. But where my uh, teaching differs from someone that is just doing train the trainer 
is I really like to have a personalized approach with training. Um, so if I'm doing a large class, obviously it's challenging to do that. Um, but even so at the start of the class, I'll ask people, what are your goals for this course other than simply certification? Um, you know, what are the things that you are looking for? What are some of the challenges that you have today with what you're doing? And so I try to keep each person's strengths and weaknesses in mind as I go through the course material. That way, if they come across a question and they get stuck on something, in my mind, I'm thinking of ways to tailor my response that would resonate best with them. So that would be for the more standardized classes. But for just working with people, say, one-on-one, I'm able to take it a level deeper than that and really treat it as a true relationship-building exercise. Um, So for me, it's not just about training someone, getting them certified. I really try to connect with whoever I'm working with to understand their career aspirations, how Anaplan is going to play into that. Um, If somebody's been in the system for a few years, it might be a question of, do you want to be someone that goes down a very technical uh, type path? Or do you want to be someone that goes into more of the business side of things? And really, maybe you're a functional expert or you own, um, you know, like a client account, or maybe you're an extremely technical in the weeds model builder. You know, there's so many different paths in this ecosystem you can take. So for me, that's step one, is getting a feel for where somebody wants to be. A lot of times people don't have answers to that question, and that doesn't mean that it hinders our ability to go through and, um, you know, like find something that works or clicks for you. It just means that instead of starting out with a direction in mind, it's a more generalized approach to where um, we'll go in and we'll work together on doing some detailed model building. We'll do front-end build exercises together. We'll do practice presentations, and we'll really find where a person's energy levels are better. Um, like, it doesn't even have to be a spoken, I enjoy X more than Y. It's often something that I can pick up on, and the person just knows from whatever they're going through it as well. So... Um, bit of a (laughs) long-winded answer there but to summarize it really is just a means of getting to know the people that i'm working with understanding what it is that they're looking to do in their career with the anaplan platform and then trying to find specific activities we can go through or exercises that are going to help them feel more comfortable going down that path i love that you take it upon yourself to have a personalized approach to your teaching as well right obviously uh, you get taught this templated kind of learning curriculum, but then you have to be able to personalize that to the people that you're teaching. I think that that's key. I think that as a learner, you also have to understand that as well, that you need to figure out and personalize, how do I digest this information? Um, we all do it differently. And we've all had our challenges doing that. Earlier during your introdu- introduction, you uh, you claim you kind of claimed the title that you might have been the worst a new model builder or something (laughs) along those lines. I certainly would challenge you for the claim to that title. Um, But one thing I think that we all have felt going through this is, and it's a challenge because you don't always get it, is the kind of the room or like the patience that you're given when you're learning those things, especially if you're a consultant or if you're on the the customer end, obviously you were voluntold to do something, you know, or to learn it. So maybe you were given a little bit more leeway there um, and time to learn it. But what would you uh, what advice would you give to people and how much room 
or patience would you, you know, do you think is required to get through that? Obviously, it's going to be different on a person to person basis, but I'd just love to hear, you know, how do you get through that and how do you remain patient as a teacher to get those people onto the next step? Because it, it's not always the same for everybody. Excellent question. Yeah. So for me, it is going to be a different person by person basis. I've taught some people that by the end of the class, they should have been teaching in my place. It's just everything connected with them. They were already working ahead in the course material and really just tuning out everything I had to say. And that's totally fine. I've worked with people that absolutely nothing clicks. Um, and you talk about the patient side of things. Um, you'll have some students where you ask them, okay, does this make sense? And they're very quiet. And um, they might nod and say yes, but then you kind of get this deer in the headlights look while they're doing it, almost as if they're too nervous to admit that they don't understand it. And then you'll usually get that one person in every class that um, asks a few hundred questions within like a three-day course. <laughs> so it is totally different for everybody. For me, it's easy to have patience with people because once again, going back to how bad I was, it took five years for me to get to the point to where I even would feel comfortable saying I was a level two model builder. Um, just to put it into perspective of level, like my stage of going from say like a junior model builder to a senior model builder was incredibly long. Whereas if we look at the ecosystem today, a lot of people, it, they can get there within a year two years in some cases. And by no means am I saying that to discourage anyone that hasn't moved that fast. I mean, I'm in a director position now as someone that took five years to get there. So your journey is not going to be the same as anybody else's. But the one thing that you have to have to have success is a willingness to learn. That's it. Honestly, I don't care if you have worked in IT for 30 years if you struggle to turn a computer on or off because you have not really worked in tech before, it doesn't matter. You can learn Anaplane and be very successful in this environment as long as you're willing to learn and not beat yourself up too bad whenever things don't make sense. Because you could talk to anybody that's a master Anaplaner, any of the community leaders. There was a point where all of them were exactly where you were and things didn't make sense at all. Yeah. You know, the old adage goes, patience is a virtue, and you certainly have to have it when you're a teacher, helping people through a journey of something that's very unfamiliar. You know, imposter syndrome is pretty much synonymous with learning, just connected planning tools in general, let alone the complexity of Anaplan. Uh, but you did touch a lot on some of the, the experience levels and how quickly people are rising through them. Uh, you know, everybody's at different places and different points in their career, especially when they're learning Anaplan and they get to that senior level, master Anaplaner level, you know, seemingly quicker than others. But I'm curious, do you find it more beneficial as a newcomer, new model builder to Anaplan to have prior experience with use cases? Like maybe you come from a financial industry or you come from, you know, retail or supply chain and you have that inventory management expertise. Do you see them progress quicker than somebody who... You know, is doing a midlife career change from, say, uh, I mean, insert job here that's completely unrelated. But do you find it easier to teach somebody who has maybe bad assumptions about how you would plan or somebody that's a blank, a blank canvas? Yeah. So 
It's interesting you bring that up because having worked with a lot of people over the years, I've got to experience people from all different types of backgrounds. You have some people that come in as CPAs, but they've never done anything in the IT space. You have some folks that uh, have worked with Excel for 25 years, for example, and most things that Anaplan just natively make sense to them. You have people, as you said, coming from insert job here that have nothing to do with tech or any of the industries that Anaplan really plays in. And it's going to be harder for those people up front. But what I will say is, from my experience, that really only affects the initial introduction to the platform. Um, so it might be easier to grasp things at the start if you have worked in financial services or you have been an Excel guru in the past. Then some of these things you'll be able to relate and say, oh, this is similar to what I've done before. You mentioned people having predispositions as to what Anaplan should be or um, how it should operate. Sometimes you see that whenever um, a client, for example, is um, going from a system they've used for a long time over to Anaplan. They might have some predispositions and um, they might be bearish against the tool coming in because, oh, it can do all these things, but perhaps I'm not sure it can do um, this one thing that's been crucial to my job for all these years, or it can do it, but it's a different process and I don't want to learn it. I, I think absolutely there is going to be a, a level of uh, difficulty for people that don't come in with an open mind to it. But once again, it's not going to hinder someone from learning the platform. The last thing I'll hit on there, um, talking about people coming in with no experience. So I have a great example of someone that has become a good friend of mine in the ecosystem now um, that came into uh, the IT consulting world from the fashion industry. And so they are one of those people you mentioned that had a, um, a just a career change, um, decided they wanted to try something new. And so working with them at first, uh, we would have daily check-ins while they were going through doing exercises. And it was very much so one of those cases of, do you need any help with anything? And it would be kind of quiet. And then I'd get the response, no, I'm good. But you could hear just a little bit of um, nervousness in the voice, almost as if they didn't believe themselves. <laughs> and we're just hoping that I would be like, okay, great. Yeah, you're doing good and just move on. But no, they they really struggled for a couple weeks and finally reached out to me one day and said, Steven, I don't know what I'm doing. I've been stuck on this thing for a very long time. Can you help me? And so I got the chance to actually go in person and spend a few days um, with this individual and got to not only understand um, the challenges they were facing, but I got to learn more about who they were as a person. Some of the things that they picked up in the fashion industry, which believe it or not, there were a couple things that translated really well to our industry. Um, people skills of having to work with models and whatnot, um, just being around an environment that's constantly moving and changing and has high demands. Like there were a lot of skills that you wouldn't think fashion industry to IT would be like this great crossover, but it turns out in this individual's case, it was. And all it took was them just being honest and saying, I need help. Here's why I'm struggling. Um, can you explain this to me? Then asking follow-up questions. Okay, I get this first part of what you explained to me, but the second part, why would I do this? And then giving context there, things that you can't necessarily get just going off on your own and trying to build something for the first time. 
And now I'm proud to say um, this individual is a fantastic model builder, um, wonderful human being, great to work with. So all of those skills that I saw in them the first day that we got to meet in person, they've taken that, combined that with their just willingness to learn and grow an Anaplan. And now they're a fantastic consultant. So hopefully that in story, uh, that, excuse me, that story will uh, inspire some folks that may be listening to this that would like to get into this industry or are curious about working in IT that have never done it before. Um, the theme of today, you'll hear me say it a lot, is if I can do it, anyone can do it. And I just really hope that resonates with you because uh, you are absolutely capable of getting into this industry and becoming an expert. That's such an important perspective. Um, you know, we we definitely talk about kind of the other perspective and it's hard to avoid the fact that finding Anaplan roles or model builder roles, um, especially when you don't have experience doing it, it can be challenging. But I, but I like the optimism that you have in your perspective and and that you don't need to have all of these things necessarily. And it also kind of uh, also ties into our last episode uh, where we talked about this, the importance of soft skills. Um, I think that if you can figure out how to market those things and display those things to the opportunities that you're trying to to get, um, people are willing to take a chance on people like that, right? That show the ability to learn, that show that take that initiative, and that can provide all of these things outside. Because there's a whole host of of responsibilities and things that you need to do to function well within a team that aren't well, can you do a, you know, do you understand someone lookups? Do you, can you build this functionality? Right. Um, so I think that if you can really leverage those things, it, it just goes to show, right. The soft skills are very, very important. And those kind of translate across any, any job and in any industry really. Um, if, if you don't mind, I'd love to, you know, kind of shift gears here and, and, uh, talk a little bit more, um, you know, and a plan at large, the partner ecosystem, obviously what you're doing over at Cervelo um, and some of the changes that have occurred over the past, uh, well, it's been about a year now uh, that Anna, Anna plan was acquired. Um, and there's there seems to be more of a shift to sort of the pre-built not totally pre-built, I want to say. I don't want to butcher Anaplan's marketing, um, but this uh, a pre-built kind of increasing time to value for customers uh, having a having these pre-certified models and then building on and enhancing on top of that um, and making it more specific to the client's needs. Um, you know what what are some of the implications and, and changes uh, that you think it might have for model builders? Um, specifically, uh, you know, because there could be some aspect of removing or automating some tasks that would be, you know, primary kind of responsibilities of that role. For me, I see really two different lenses that you can look at it um, as someone in the Anaplan ecosystem. From a technical standpoint, yes, it might be changing some of the day-to-day -day responsibilities you have. It might make it easier um, to get a client up and running, for example, and you may not have as many day-to-day -day build items. But it doesn't mean that your technical skills are now worthless or diminished by any means. In fact, I think it's actually the opposite. I think that being able to understand these pre-built models inside and out, how they work, how to configure things is going to give you a leg up on just say, 
you know, average person coming in and seeing this as pre-built and saying, oh, I can deliver this without having an understanding of truly how Anaplane works. So that's one aspect that I see. Also, I see there being opportunities um, for folks that are more technically inclined to really like add to the pre-built models uh, ecosystem, if you will, like coming up with new things, discovering areas where there may not be a solution available out there on the app hub and being able to put something together that can be shared um, throughout the community and used as one of those accelerator type models. So there's still plenty of opportunities there. Um, even more so than the technical side, as we look at the functional side, I feel like that is a huge component of the way the Anaplan uh, ecosystem is evolving. Having a deep understanding of the functional areas you work uh, in, whether you're a generalist that covers um, really connected planning as a whole, understanding how data would feed from sales through supply chain into finance, um, ultimately leading out to like top line growth, for example, you know, just understanding business processes or becoming someone that's an expert within an area. You know, are you a finance expert that can go in and um, set up, you know, balance sheet reports like it's nothing because you understand every line of a balance sheet very well. You understand where the positives should be, the negatives should be like, not just a matter of plug and play, but really whenever you talk to a client, you understand everything they're telling you for the most part about the functional area that you're working in. So there's an increased importance on that, um, becoming more knowledgeable just about the industries you work in as well. So that's really kind of looking at the um, the horizontals of the Anaplan ecosystem, but uh, gaining industry knowledge as well. So the verticals, whether it be something like uh, telecommunications, um, whether it be consumer packaged goods, um, energy, you know, there's tons of different sectors out there. So can you find an opportunity to uh, differentiate yourself by becoming an expert in one of these particular industry verticals and really um, finding different ways to incorporate these pre-built models into these different industries? So lots of different ways that you can take it. And I think it's incredible for people that are either active in the Anaplan ecosystem today or looking to get involved in it because there's tons of opportunities right now to um, become experts in these different areas and really help the Anaplan platform grow and continue to integrate itself into the world we live in. Yeah, kind of expanding off of that, I think it's a perfect seg segue. Uh, speaking to more of of the Cervelo, Cervelo as a partner, at, you know, at large, what do you guys special specialize in now or historically? Um, and are you guys planning to to venture into other uh, industry use cases? Um, give me just a little bit of background about Cervelo. Cervelo is um, deeply integrated in the Anaplan ecosystem, really across the board. Um, we have some areas where we are um, industry leaders um, within energy, for example. We have a very strong background there. We have a lot of financial experts at the company, but um, we really have our toes in a little bit of everything. So if you can think of a cross between a, an industry horizontal and a vertical, chances are we've done a model at some point uh, covering one of those different use cases there. Um, we are continuing to expand and look for other opportunities of areas that we can get involved. Um, I myself have been trying to learn about different industry verticals and try to differentiate myself a little bit by be 
becoming more of an expert in some different areas. That way, if we happen to land a client in one of them, then I'm coming in there with a good understanding of how their industry works and hopefully I'm able to add value there. Um, but yeah, Cervelo, um, it's an awesome place with awesome people, um, tons of excellent model builders um, and functional experts. Absolutely. And also kind of on a more personal side, I, I would love to ask, uh, and this might be a tough question, you know, considering the story that you've told us, um, I'm, I'm sure that you probably five plus years ago couldn't have guessed that you'd be in this position, um, <laughs> you know, given given where you were at. Uh, but I would love to know what it, what what does the future have in store? What are some goals, aspirations that you, you plan to achieve, you know, moving forward? Obviously, subject subject to change and it's never how we outline it. But uh, I'd love to know, you know, more about that as well. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, it's never, this is going to be kind of philosophical, but it's never really been about the destination. It has truly been more about the journey. Um, my biggest goals are to be happy in what I do and able to support my family. Um, I have a beautiful four month old daughter at home now. Um, and so a lot of um, my personal motivations for why I do what I do have changed in favor of just giving her the best possible future, right? So for me, um, if you were to ask me, you know, what does the future hold for Steven? Hopefully it's being at the highest level I can be at where I'm being a positive asset for a company. The title isn't necessarily important. If I'm happy with what I'm doing and I'm adding value to the company, to the people that I work with, hopefully making their days better whenever we interact, then that's a successful career for me. At some point, I would love to own my own company. Um, it's a dream that I've had for a very long time of getting involved. Um, not sure when that day is going to come, um, but I would really like to, um, you know, just be able to either create something or help out with a group that have, have a similar vision to what I have and um, doing something from scratch. Um, with that said, though, um, if my career never reaches that point, I still believe I can be very fulfilled. Um, however, that is one personal goal that I think would be really cool if I'm able to achieve it. You know, obviously, we have a little bit of experience <laughs> taking that leap. Um, it's got its benefits and its challenges um, that this podcast would go on for another four and a half hours if we started delving <laughs> into those things. But um, I, I love to hear that. And, and you know, I think that any of our audience can really pull from this is just kind of the the giving back and and that's something that we are always trying to promote and and do ourselves is is I think a lot of people would be surprised with how much they end up getting back in return when they give so much. So I I think that you know we love to kind of just promote and push that sentiment uh and uh, love to hear that from you as well. Um, last last question, just and this might throw you off a little bit, but I think as humans, you know, we've all done that mental exercise of you know reflecting on the past, looking looking back on and thinking, well, if I would have just known this one thing, or if I would if I could go back and do this one thing differently, I would have changed that. Take yourself back to the beginning of that Anaplan journey, but you can only take one nugget of wisdom or, or peace with you. What would that one thing be that you, if you had to do it over again, you would want to take that thing with you to make it a little bit easier? This is actually the easiest question of the day for me. Past Steven should have been more willing to admit he didn't know what he was doing and to reach out for help. 
that is the one nugget. I think as humans, we just naturally want to try and impress people whenever we come into a workplace. We want to show that we're capable and we almost treat asking questions as a weakness. And I totally disagree with that mentality. I think the best thing that we can do in order to learn and grow and contribute at the highest level is to admit our shortcomings and ask for help. If I would have done that when I first got started, instead of just pretending I understood things, I would probably be 10 times the Anaplaner that I am today. I'm very happy that I've made it to where I am, and I'm very confident in what I can do today, but it took me way too long to realize that it's okay to reach out for help. Yeah, I think uh, past Steven and past Zach would have been friends. That same, same piece of advice, am I right, Zach? No, I think you have a lot to offer, especially on the on the learning path and teaching path. You know, a lot of our listeners are newer to Anaplan. Uh, they follow along to get those insights. We know you're you've been a fan for a while, um, trying to follow along and, and just take even more pieces of nuggets. Uh, so it says something about you as a person, right? You've gotten to this level where you're a director. It's a pretty big deal. Uh, at a partner who's pretty well known, and you have these accolades for teaching so many people how to be, you know, good Anna planners. You have that story about somebody who's completely new to the industry or ecosystem and came in is now a really good model builder. So for somebody who's taught so many people, you could, it could be pretty easy for you to gain this ego uh, and kind of lose some of your humility, but you've seemed to keep a lot of that humble mentality and, you know, you, you tune into a lot of our shows still willing to learn. So even though you've gotten to this point where you could teach so well, you still have this hunger and this drive to continue to learn and to excel. And I think that's, you know, it's very respectable in this space because uh, we've seen it both ways, right? We've seen people much like yourself and we've seen others who get to this height and kind of get this champion hero attitude about them and they become difficult to work with. So I commend you for uh, maintaining your, your curiosity, I guess, is the is the good way to put it. So nice to meet somebody like you. Yeah, thanks, John. That uh, that means a lot to me, honestly. I feel like if I ever let myself get to that point, I'm not only doing a disservice to myself, but to the people I work with as well. And so I try my best to just, as you said, constantly be learning new things, um, staying up to date with what's going on in the industry, ways that I can improve, ways that I can help other people improve. Kind of an addendum to that, you know, where do you see yourself in five years question. Uh, If I'm not helping other people move up and succeed while I succeed, then it's a failure to me. It really is. This is not my journey. This is truly like our journey. The people that I work with are equally as important to me as anything that I succeed in myself. And so I appreciate on you picking up on that because it's... uh, something that I do like to wear on my sleeve. And yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it. <laughs> well, awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today, Stephen. Uh, I, I think that if there's one thing that if you can boil it down to the simplest form is find that purpose, find that the the meaning in what you're doing and, and you'll be happy regardless of what you're doing. Um, and, and it, you know, you, you're a great example of, of finding that and hopefully if all our listeners get from from today's conversation is that, I think that that's that's more than enough of of knowledge and and wisdom to take with you. So, thanks again, Stephen. Hopefully, we will get to talk to you again soon on the podcast. We loved having you, and uh, you know, best of luck in in your future ventures. And we'll I'm sure we'll be seeing you around. 
Yeah, thanks so much, guys. Would love to be on again if you'd like to have me um, talking about pretty much anything. And if not, I look forward to staying in touch. And before I forget, congrats on your four-month-old. <laughs> uh, so you, I guess technically you are a baby boomer van and plan. Just teach, uh, oh, man. teach the four-month-old how to plan and forecast, and that'll be true. All right. Well, John gets the line of the the episode for sure, right there. That was a that was a nice <laughs> callback to the start of the podcast. Well done. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Best Practice Podcast. We hope you have gained a few valuable insights from our guests and hosts during this episode. If you would like to hear more best practices, be sure to subscribe and follow along so you can catch every episode as we release them to the community on a weekly basis. 